Welcome to the next episode of The Long Road, a uh, discussion around uh, life, resilience and pushing through the other end. Uh, today uh, at the Impact Centre, at the Impact Studio, we're joined by the lovely Sam Balker from Happy QHU, HQ, Happy U HQ, wow, mate, <laughs> and Central Coast Modern Hypnosis. So, uh, Sam, firstly, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. stoked to be here. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where we were, you know, where we're trying to line up, but uh, you know, sickness and uh, schedules, kind of, you know, really conspire to, you know, to keep us apart. But I knew, honestly, with that infectious personality, I th- I knew we'd we'd come together at one stage and uh, have a bit of a chat. So, um, tell us, yeah, tell us a little bit about Happy HQ and um, how it came about. Okay, so Happy You Headquarters basically came about seven years ago, back in 2015. And it probably, although that's, that was when the business in itself opened, uh, the journey probably started for me at least 20 years ago. Um, and essentially, just for those of you that don't know Happy You Headquarters, what we basically do is that I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and I'm a mindset coach. Uh, and I essentially help people hack their brain, right, their supercomputer, so that it can essentially serve them to do or be whoever it is that they want to be, right? And so for me, the journey started a long time ago, but I finally figured out that I could help people based on everything I'd been through because I realised that, you know what, I didn't have to let that past story, pattern, behaviour, bullshit, essentially determine who I was today so you know that's that's kind of how the business started and the name happy you headquarters came to me literally in a vision you know like I I went to sleep one night and I was like oh my god it's just actually all about happiness like who doesn't want to be happy right yeah how hard is it you know what I mean for modern people to be happy you know what I mean I think a a lot of distractions and that what kind of you know obstacles do you find in you know in the work that you do So, do you know, I think one of the biggest challenges that people have is that the word happiness as a concept, right, and and as a construct is something that we're sold from a very early age, you know, and and if you look at in our lifetime, essentially, you know, we're told from an early age through through marketing, and it's, I mean, it's a billion dollar industry, there is people making billions of dollars off the wellness slash happiness industry. And so I think that the biggest the biggest obstacle that, you know, anyone that I work with or anybody, in fact, on the entire human planet is that we have this, this fear or uncertainty of are we enough, right? Like, are we enough? Am I worthy? Am I deserving? And the reason I think that this is the big question is because we have got marketers and, you know, there's billions of dollars scientifically being spent on how to tell us we're not enough to get us to buy a product. And it's coming at us at a rapid rate on a daily basis everywhere we look, you know. That's the whole premise, isn't it, really, uh, of advertising to work is to tell is to say that your life is going to be better because... And the, and the reverse of that is that you're not enough, not enough without this product. Correct. You're going to be happier when you have that house, when you get that car, when you get that job, when you have two kids, when you have the perfect soulmate, the perfect, you know, the perfect this, the whiter teeth, the better nose, the better smile. Like, it doesn't matter. And, and, and this, it's a billion dollar, I mean, trillion dollar industry. 
yeah. right? And so I think the biggest the biggest obstacle that people have is first and foremost understanding that the word happiness in itself, I mean, even that people argue about, oh, it's not about happiness, it's about joy, and there's all this conflict, right? I don't actually give a fuck if it's happiness, joy, whatever, whatever word you want to use. I concluded a long time ago that there was nothing external that was ever going to make me feel happy because I got to a point in my life where at 25 I had all the things that I thought I was supposed to have. I had the car, I had the house, I had the good job, I was very good at what I did. I had all of the stuff that I guess mainstream said was the things I was supposed to have and it was things I'd, I'd searched for and worked towards for 10 years and I got there and I had this feeling of, is that it? Like, is that, is that it? Is, yeah. that, is that all? Yeah. And I was miserable. Yeah. And I felt like I ended up being back at 15, this little kid, searching around thinking, oh, when I get older, it will be okay. I think that's, I think that's probably the real, the real root cause in it, isn't it, is, is enabling a destination to then define us. Right. I'll be happy when I get there. Yeah. Right? And I think that's why so many people are struggling with anxiety and depression and addiction. And, and like and when people talk about addiction, right, here's the thing. It's it's not it's not the people, it's not the junkie in the street, right? It's it's everybody on the planet is probably at some point gonna struggle. in fact, I'm gonna make a sweeping sweeping statement. Every human being on the planet at some point is going to do some kind of addiction, whether it is porn. Uh, alcohol, drugs, sex, music, Netflix, gambling, You're like right, like yeah. and and so so it's like this this thing and and so this story around addiction, you know, and talking about it. I mean, just before I came in here, we were waiting to get into the room, and I was scrolling through my friends, uh, like sorry, through Instagram. Now, I don't spend a lot of time on social media um, in terms of consuming it, but I was scrolling through and my friend had posted up, she's got this this Healy, right, which is this little bioenergetic frequency machine. If you know what I'm talking about, great. If you're not, it's not relevant. But her whole post was like, I'm so addicted to this. Um, I love, you know, and she was using the word addiction, which I love because she was using it in a positive frame of reference. I'm addicted to how it helps me tap into my higher self. I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to that. But typically that word has a really negative connotation, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, really, when you when you look at addiction, you can kind of break it down to the point of, 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 comp- of continual pattern that elicits a dopamine response. So when you kind of go into that, you know, it, it, it can be, it's actually, it's what we've put on it, you know what I mean? That that Those actions that are either negative or positive, mm. in in essence, addiction is not the, not the problem. It's it's those negative con- kind of contexts that we put on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, which brings us to a point more around the story of, you know, is the behaviour that you're doing serving you to be the highest expression of who it is you want to be, right? Like whatever that is, you yeah. know, if it is, then is being addicted to it a problem? Because I reframed addiction a long time ago, you know. I, for a long time, thought I was I was a drug addict and, and I had no problems talking about that once I got over it. And I, you know, much to the dismay of my family and, you know, the shame that they had around because, of course, they made it about them not being good parents. It has nothing to do with them. That's it right. It was my story, my yep. journey, best parents ever, right? Yeah. 
But mum and dad, shout out to uh, shout out to you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, best parents ever, right? But the reality is that I now, when I have clients come to me every day saying, "Oh, I'm struggling with this addiction," right? And I just go, "Hey, you just really committed to it. Is it serving you?" Right? Because I mean, we're here at Impact Center right now. This is a gym. There is a a heap of, heap of people out there. You only have to look around to see the ones that are addicted to the gym. Now, if that's serving them and it makes them feel good and they like it, what is that a problem? Who are we to say their addiction Who are we is to wrong? Say, right? Yeah. Like, and so, so I think that again, it's that the words are so important, but it's not, sorry. Let me reframe that. It's not that the words are so important. It's the story with which we put to the words, which will determine whether we feel happy about it or sad. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's probably the crux of the entire body of work that I do. You know, tell tell us about like obviously you said story. So obviously we all tell ourselves stories. So tell us how powerful a good story can be, and how you know how crippling, cripplingly kind of negative a bad story can be. It's it's what we really tell ourselves consistently that makes us who we are. Yeah, one hundred percent. So. So like my belief, and I'll talk, I mean, I can only talk about my beliefs and my belief is that a belief is just a story, right? But it's something that I have patterned into, hypnotically patterned into my entire being to the uh, like exclusion of everything else, right? So if I say, I am the best hypnotherapist in the world. Now that's a story, right? That's a statement. If I choose to believe that to be the reality, then I'm going to look for evidence to back that story up, right? If I say I am the worst hypnotherapist in the world, right, again, my reticular activating system, which is the filter, I know it's a big fancy word, RAS for short people, but my filter between the conscious and the subconscious is going to look for evidence. Well, the confirmation bias. It is, confirmation bias, yeah. And so here's the question I would ask everybody to think about wherever you are at in your life and you think about this story right is the story that you are telling yourself because it's all made up right is the story serving you to be who you want to be or is it causing you to feel sad lonely anxious depressed worthless useless hating on yourself is it causing you to do horrible things been crappy relationships is it causing you to let people treat you like shit because it's just a story so this thing here it's your supercomputer it is the thing that is going to determine everything and if you learn how to use this supercomputer as a force for good like oh my god you can do anything you're unstoppable why don't they teach this kind of on mainstream? So we see, you know, I mean, obviously um, in my line of work, I uh, work with a lot of young young men. Mm-hmm. If we see this um, in there, why isn't, you know, we see the negative kind of portion of distractions and people not actually having a story. So I think that's the that's one of the, the premises of it. They, they don't actually settle on a story mm-hmm. for themselves. So yep. there's no nowhere for them to go yes and then obviously they get distractioned and then they, they look for role models and they look for for different kind of things everywhere how how dangerous it is not to have a story 
Well, I think there's two questions that you asked there, like why are they not teaching this in mainstream? So I'll answer that first and then I'll come to the second one. If I forget what you said the second time, you remember for me. <laughs> no worries. I've got a pen. <laughs> but I think if you go back to why, right, look, I, I genuinely believe the world is a good place filled with good people with good intentions. I choose to see that and I see a lot of evidence for that. Now, someone else could paint the world and go, the world is filled with bad people, there's bad things happening all the time. And, and both of those stories can absolutely be true. But, but in my heart of hearts, I genuinely believe that the human race as a whole, we are good. We want to do good. We like contributing. We like being in service as a whole, right? I think the reason that it's not taught, if we're really honest, is that go back to, you know, couple of hundred years ago there's there's you look at the way that our school society and the way that our schools have been designed and structured we it was it was designed in an industrial era now I'm not really qualified to talk about this kind of stuff but the, the bits that I do understand enough is that you know we were building an employee mindset we were creating a nation of people who would work for people and you know you talk a lot about or you hear a lot about you know, the, the 1%, the wealthy get wealthier and the poor get poorer, right? And and the reason that that happens is that you've got these people up here that are kind of running the show and they need people to basically be doing the stuff. They need workers, right? So they need consumers. And so I think that the reason that we don't teach this kind of stuff is that if we, you know, go back to the Matrix, right? You know, that film, I mean, you know, controversial, but I remember seeing that when it first came out and I went... That's it. Like, that's what's going on, right? Mm. We need we need to have people that consume them. And what happens if people start waking up and asking more questions? Then yeah. where do we go, right? Who's going to do this stuff over here? And so it's. I, I think it comes from a scarcity mindset. And I think that if we flip that and we flip the narrative and went, hang on, what if we empowered people to know that they could change a story? Because the reality is if you don't create your own story, then someone else is going to feed you theirs. If you don't have your own agenda, someone else is going to give you theirs. And so you get to either be a puppet or, you know, the puppeteer. And mm. if you're a puppeteer with a mindset to be a force for good, then you can help people become their own, their own, I guess, um, you know, they get pulling their own strings, which is which is my mission, you know. Well, I think I think you answered actually my second question just in that statement, you know, why is it dangerous? Because you have no control. You have no. You become a consumer. You become a leaf in the stream of life, and you 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 know your direction is is dictated by the uh, you know the ebbs and flows of that stream. So you know you're better off to grab an oar or grab a rudder and start steering. You know into the into the you know into the into the tide. Yeah, like absolutely, and you know, like I think one of the interesting things as well is even you know, like I don't I don't believe that there is this whole society of people. Like I'm not this big conspiracy theorist that thinks there's all these bad people wanting to make billions of dollars and keep everybody small. I don't think like that, because honestly, the the really wealthy people that I know, and even whether I know them personally or just know them because they're mentors of mine out in the in the greater world. Every billionaire I know, the first thing they do when they become filthy rich is find a way to give it back, you know, give it away, be of service, be in contribution. So again, I go back to I think people are good, right? Yeah. But I think that there is a lot of fear. And so, you know, I think the words are interesting because for me I've been on this really big journey. A word can can mean one thing to one person and something completely different to someone else, okay? And so what I realised, you know, is that for me a long time ago I realised that if a word triggers me, 
right? And all I mean when I say the word trigger, when it triggers me, if it causes me to feel some unwanted feeling, sensation, emotion, makes me want to run and hide, then I know that there's some kind of gift or learning in that for me, right? And so for me, God was this huge trigger. And I've done a lot of work on that. Um, and, and it's probably not super relevant for, for this conversation. But where I ended up with was I realized that I, like I now say, I'm a skeptical believer in a lot of things. And I've realized why I do that. And that is that I know that the work that I want to do, I want to help as many people as possible. And, and I know that the word God used to trigger me. So if I want to help someone, for argument's sake, who has an aversion to the word God like I used to, I don't anymore, but I used to, and I referenced God and the devil in a statement, they might not be able to hear anything else because they've now just gone into this triggering spiral about that word, right? So I realised that um, I unconsciously was doing this thing where I would say, oh, I'm a sceptical believer because what I was trying to do was be all-inclusive. So I would say, I'm a sceptical believer in the angels and I'm a sceptical believer in sage and Palo Santo and sandalwood and smudging out dark energies and I'm a sceptical believer in psychics right because I was like I was covering all bases mm. and I put it down quite simply I got to this point where I went okay for some people God means love right so I've now got all these different analogies and on this column you've basically got God love the white wolf if you're in Cherokee Indian uh, higher self source universe yep. and over this side you've got the devil darkness blame, anger, fear, right? And so really I've gotten to a point now where I go, you know what, take away all those other words, there's actually only love and fear, right? So you're either in a space of love or in a space of fear. Mm. And depending on those two things is going to determine how you respond, how you react and how you do life, you know? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, Um, I recently, because I've... um a bit like you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm into this stuff. I, I, I look at it a lot. I look at a lot of different sources. Uh, and I come across a really lovely saying, arrive at your destination with love in your heart. Love it. So if you're going through there, you're, you're arriving at your destination with love in your heart. So the, only the best intentions. So, yeah. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Lex Friedman. So he's, I uh, love that. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not mine. I, I can't, no. I can't no. claim it. But, um, yeah, just a very, very kind of nice saying. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's a MIT guy, you know, okay. a robotics guy. You know, obviously he's going to... You know, he's going to invent the Terminator at one stage, but, you know, he's going to arrive. Or not. See, again, there's your frame of reference. (laughs) He's going to invent the Terminator. Or he could invent the thing that, you know, like cures cancer because it's got this high technological thingamajig, right? Yeah. And again, see, but, but, and I mean, I'm, I'm jesting with you now, but what's funny about this, okay, Dan, is that people based on their frame of reference again, right? So whatever they are seeing their lens through and... It's really important, like, to understand, and this is, you know, like, I'm, I'm, a lot of my stuff is backed in science. That's why, I mean, I talk a bit scientifically, but I'm not great at, you know, quoting statistical quotes and stuff because I actually don't think they're relevant and it's not the way my brain works. Mm. I get the information from people I trust and then I just use it without having to worry about all of the statistical analysis, right? A creative license, yeah. Creative license, right? There we go. So, yep. so, 
But you also asked, you know, uh, earlier on, you said, why do you think it's not being taught? And I think something that's really important to bring up is that with neuroscience, like what they know, know now today about the brain versus what they knew 10 years, 20 years, 50 years ago, it's a completely different situation. Yeah. Right? 20, 30 years ago, they thought the brain was a fixed mindset. They thought that you suffered from depression. They said serotonin deficiency was what caused depression. There's now a lot of information coming out. I mean, just the other day, Russell Brand basically ranted with lots of statistical information going, oh, actually, uh, maybe uh, depression is not caused with uh, uh, serotonin depletion. I'm not saying that it mightn't be, but, oh. And then he kind of like, you know, obviously he does go down that path because he's a bit more factual. But the reality is that there's all this new information. So yeah. I'm like, I'm a fan of like, give me more information, yeah. right? If I don't like what you have to say and, and, and I don't want to do what you're telling me to say, I'm going to seek out some better information and try and prove you wrong first. Your cognitive bias. You're going to, you're going to work out I'm which, 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 like which does, evidence is going to support does yours. Serve me? Do, yeah. do I want to do it that way? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, have you ever heard of a guy called uh, Andrew Huberman? Love him. Huberman Lab. Amazing. Oh, how good see, is he? He's a neuroscientist. How good is he? So, like, for those of you that want to, like, anything I talk about today, right, and you are that person who's an analyzer and you want to go, what's that chick talking about? That's why, where would she get that shit from? Check out Andrew Huberman because he will give you the statistical analysis. He's a neuroscientist, crazy fucking smart, yeah. and he will be able to tell you statistically why, how, uh, not statistically, scientifically, sorry, not statistically, scientifically, why. Yeah. Why it happens. Yeah. Why do you experience anxiety? What is actually happening to the body? What are you doing? What is your brain doing? Like It's amazing stuff, isn't it? He's, he's, cool. he, is a, he is a very fascinating guy. Very cool. And hot. I mean, ladies, he's hot. Yeah, he's, well, you know, from a dude's point of view, he's a good style of a bloke, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, he's a good style of a bloke. Um, what about Jordan Peterson? Love Jordan Peterson, and so well, I, I, I say caveat here. Yeah, coming. so I yeah, you, you know, it's interesting, and I just I, okay, I'm going to come back to that answer in two seconds because I just noticed myself do something, and so I'm going to call myself out because you can't see me, but I will post up the video of this so you can see what I just did. He just asked me if I liked Jordan Peterson, and I went, <sighs> and I took a big inhale. Here is why. I love, I bought his book when it first came out. I loved his controversy. I like things to be a bit controversial. I, I like people that are kind of smacking it to the man or whatever. You like. I like people that are throwing things... So I definitely, I definitely love a lot of the way that he presents himself um, with things. Do I agree with everything he says? No. Nah. Do I think he's doing some good? Yep. We're talking about him. Mm. You know. Yeah. And so I think, I think everybody that is out there that is uh, arguing against the mainstream narrative on any level, I'm a huge fan because it's getting people talking about stuff. Yeah. So again, going back to, because I remember one of the first things I ever heard about the guy, he talked about the fact that he was on a meat and salt only diet because he had massive inflammation. He had daughter, like the story that he tells about his daughter, like that's just heartbreaking as a mother mm. to hear. And if you haven't, don't know his story. I mean, it's worth going and looking at, you probably do, but you know, this, having a child born, with uh, degenerative, um, what was it like? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was um, like an arthritis. Style. Arthritis, yeah. yeah. So like a baby being born in excruciating pain, and this lady, you know, went on, and they all, as parents, did a lot of research, and and 
I mean, this kid's now on, oh, she's a lady now, but she's on a, a pure salt and meat diet. And I remember a lot of people like, well, like, oh, my God, you're crazy. But, like, if that works for her. That works for her. That works for her, right? Yeah. Does it work for you? Maybe not. But That's like, right. So, like, I think what I like about him is that he really gets you thinking about, you know, things that maybe in the past you might have just taken as fact. Because mm. what is a fact, right? Like... That's, and that's where this belief and story thing comes in. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way that we tell the, ourselves that story yeah. is the most powerful thing out of the whole lot of it, really. It's, it's the only one that matters. It's the only one that matters, right? really, yeah. Whether, you, whether you're right or whether you're wrong, whether you're strong or whether you're weak yeah. is only what you tell yourself. Yeah, well, that's it. Was it Henry Ford or Confucius? There's a lot of arguments about this, but if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford. There we go. See, see, and so again, you know, like I go back to that always with anything. So yeah. I think the reason I love the work that I get to do is that, you know, I created this person, Sam Bowker, that you see here today. Like this is not who I was two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And it's, it's a work in progress. Like I acknowledge and accept that it's the never ending journey, right? Yeah. But the one piece that I now am having enough confidence to step into is that I don't know everything. I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist. I am committed to anything I do. You might call it addicted. I call it commitment. But the reality is that I know that whatever it is that I'm going to show up and do, you can't tell me if it's right or wrong, right? Only I can decide. And how I feel about myself when I go to sleep at night, that's the bit that's got to matter. If I'm a good person, I'm kind, and I do all the things that I think are right for me, then you can't tell me that's wrong. No. Right? It's not black or white. So then, therefore, you don't get to decide if I'm worthy. You don't get to decide if I'm enough. I get to decide that. And that's the, I think that's probably the, the destination that takes so many people such a long time to get to, whether they're enough. A hundred percent. Worthy. And even when you get there, it's like it's it's constant and never ending, right? Like I don't I look, those Buddhist monks that sit on the hill and meditate and are in meditation for 15, 20 hours a day, they might have worked it out. The spirit, you know, enlightenment and what does it look like? I actually think most mere mortals are constantly on that that journey. And I don't think it matters how many people you serve, how much you show up, you know, you do all the right things. I genuinely believe that there is still always going to be, you know, that. And this is where we were kind of going a bit before. And, I, you know, I, I now frame this more like someone said to me the other day, and, and God, if he'd said this to me years ago, I would have been beyond triggered. But he said, I believe there's always a fight for my soul, right? He said to me, you know, that there is darkness out there and there's a fight for my soul. And if I'd have heard that years ago, I would have been like, what the fuck are you on? Like, seriously. Oh. Mm. And I would have really been opinionated about it. But now I see it and I go, you know what? There is lightness and darkness. doesn't matter what words you want to call it. There is light and dark. You can't have a sunrise without a sunset, you know. And, and you know, that dark night of the soul, the most beautiful sunrise always comes after the darkest night, right? Yeah. And so... I think now when I look at that, I'm in agreement because just as we were about to start talking yep. about God and dark and love and fear, the podcast stopped, the audio stopped. Now, mm. that happens all the time in life. Yes, right? it does. Now, how do you want to frame that? Yeah. Some people will go, oh, if you're not thinking good about yourself, you might go, ah, oh, see, the technology just went down. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. Um, maybe, I, maybe I'm not on the right path. It's a sign. It's a sign that we're not supposed to be talking about it. Yeah. 
I now look at stuff like that and go, hmm, we're actually on the right track. We're about to get into some really juicy shit. And maybe the darkness, if we want to talk like that, doesn't want the light to shine through. And I'm just talking metaphorically. Yeah. Well, I, I actually I like where you're going with it. Um, the Chinese have a really interesting word. And the same. I don't know the word, actually, but I know it's the same word for crisis and opportunity. So when ah. I saw that go down, I went... What another opportunity is to get some more, uh, you know, to get some bigger recording or fix out the tech, and you know what I mean, and getting get through and get some extra content in. So that's yeah. that's the way I saw it. Yeah. Obviously, there's a little bit of a panic there, going, "You idiot!" But anyway, that's yeah. the way. But but you, because you're human, right? And yeah. I, and and I think that's the thing. And I, so like, and I think, wouldn't it be great if, as humans, we could all just gift one another with the ability to give ourselves some grace, right? Like. I would really encourage everyone to just take a moment and think, like, how often do you catch yourself going, oh, for fuck's sake, you idiot. Oh, my God, you're so stupid. Like, And beating the shit out of yourself, right? You might not swear as bad as I do, but I guarantee you there's a version of that. And ask yourself, would you ever speak to somebody that you love the way you speak to yourself? You never would. You right? never would. You couldn't It's a possibly. hard no. Yeah, it's right? a hard, hard no. Yeah. Right? And then... Ask yourself, when you realise how you speak to yourself, why do you think you are numbing yourself with food, alcohol, drugs, sex, rock and roll, whatever? If somebody stood there all day looking at you and said, you're shit, you're nobody, you're nothing, you're crap, no one loves you, you've got nothing interesting to say, nobody even cares, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. Do you think that, like, I mean... If you saw someone speaking to someone that you loved like that, you'd want to get up and throttle them. Yes, yeah, and you would, and you and you and you're one hundred percent right. But my question is: Is that not the manifestation of the social media platforms now? We we are giving to our children. Oh, this is that. That's a big. That's a big topic, and and you know, yeah, perhaps, perhaps, right. What I know is, again, going back to if you don't have your own agenda, like you are responsible for your energy and what information you put in, right? It's very easy. If someone's struggling with their weight, it's very easy to go, okay, well, they self-medicate. They self-medicate with food, right? It's not what you're eating. It's what's eating you. Yeah, sure, right? But what about the person who wakes up in the morning and the first thing they do is they turn the television on and they watch the news, Right now, they might not even realise they're watching the news because it might be called a morning show, but it's the news. Now, I heard a really great saying years ago, and I don't know who who gave my really good friend Joe told me about it. It was some guy, some Kiwi guy. I'll try and remember who it is and, and get back to you because I, I like referencing people. But he basically he described the news as negative energy, well spoken. Right now, there's a saying in the news industry: if it bleeds, it leads. Because mm. if it bleeds, it leads. It then sells newspapers. It gets people to turn on. Gets people to watch it. It's about ratings. It makes money. Yep. People that want to make money, then they use that for whatever it is. Like it's power, right? Yeah. And so, so you've got this situation where people are consuming this negative narrative all day, every day, right? Because they turn the news on in the morning. That's the first thing. So the first thing their brain is is feeding is that that's like eating mcdonald's for breakfast sorry mcdonald's uh let's not use mcdonald's that's like eating sugar shit and salt no no brand (laughs) because a brand is irrelevant it's like eating sugar shit and salt for breakfast 
lunch and dinner, right? Yeah. Because they turn the news on in the morning and then they get in the car, they drive to work and every 15 minutes, if you listen to morning radio, there's a news break and then they get to work and then they come home and then they turn the news on. And, and so now we've got five times in a day that you've had negative energy pumped into your brain. And as humans, we don't like feeling not good. So then what do we do? We go numb. Yeah. With again, any of those things I've just mentioned. Mm, so is it social media? Sure. Social media is a part of it. Mm. Social media, magazines, the news, your negative cousin, brother, father, mother, sister, boss, child, yeah. friends. Yeah, well. Who are all consuming all of yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. And it, I've got a massive issue with, with it. Yeah, I'm not a consumer of it atypically i am on it you know what i mean back in the good old days when facebook was a force for good where you could communicate with people overseas you know i had a lot of friends that were traveling uh internationally so i kind of used it to stay in touch but you know and as soon as the ads and all that kind of stuff coming in I, and i caught myself you know scrolling went there's a window you know there's so much so much more going on yeah. in life you know unplug and i yeah I even went to the dumb phone for about 12 oh, two years how did you go was oh it was like, it was honestly was it like you know were you a di did you did you miss your your hit not to be a dick i'm sitting there i'm walking through and i'm and i'm noticing people just glued to their phone so i'm walking through and i hate shopping centers but i'm going through there going look at like they're going to trip over. You know what I mean? Going, what about at the dinner table, right? Like not oh. the dinner table, sorry. Uh, not the dinner table. At uh, restaurants. Like, oh. We have a no tech rule at my house at the dinner table. Yeah. Okay. And I recently had other people staying at our house and yeah. it's very hard to enforce other people when they're at your house. And I struggled with that because we, we do no tech, right, at the dinner table. Yeah. But you go to a restaurant and you oh. see a husband and wife and their two kids. The two kids are on an iPad. The mum and dad are on their phone. You're like, what the fuck is that? Like... What, what are we doing? Well, the most obscene thing is when you have parents that will complain that, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know that their children don't listen to them, but you gave them a device to talk to them. You replaced yourself yeah. when you were 12, you know, when they were 12 or 13 under the guise of, you know, my, you know, my friends have got it or, you know, I might need to get in contact with you. Yeah. You know? Do you know what, though, to be fair, and I, like, and I totally... You know, there's no shaming here because I'm a mum uh, and I have an 11-year-old and she tells me all those things as well. Yep. The simple fact is this. We are working way more than we ever have. We are doing way less downtime. We are doing way less self-care. And so parents, we are using technology as a way of having time out from our kids because we've gone from a generation where kids... Um, you know, we're outside playing and doing stuff when we were young, you know, mm. like if you were, if you were born in the seventies, then the reality is that we didn't have that stuff. We were outside playing. Right. And I don't want to be one of those back in the old days, but you know, that's the reality. Isn't <laughs> we're, going we're, we're, go going we're going there. We're going there. We're going there. We're going there. Just for a second. Right. <laughs> but the simple fact is though, like, yeah, we were out doing all of that shit. Our parents still weren't present. So it was no different. The only difference was, is that we were out getting up to fuck knows what, yeah. We all, we all have our, our version of... Of, of uh, what that is. Yeah. But our kids are sitting there on technology doing the same thing. So so they're just using, you know, like their generation is doing that. We went out and got outside. But the reality is there was the time out thing. Like parents were still, you know, they need time. We need time. So I think that for me now, I think what I'm really proactive with is, you know, there is a time for that and there is a time for not. And I'm, I'm constantly taking it off her mm. whenever I notice... 
certain things, it's like, okay, no. And she's like, yeah, but you're always on yours. And I'm like, yes, but I'm working. And I, so, but I have to take, I have to play by the same rules. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or I have to switch off too. Yeah, and, and it's it's kind of one of those things where you do do need your time out, but I think when I, I see it all the time, I see people catching the train where you would usually have a conversation or you'd read the newspaper or something like that, but all of a sudden they're watching a TV show. I think this attention economy, you know what I mean, the, 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 the absolute grip hold they have on your attention yeah. is so dangerous. Yeah. I, well, that's my personal opinion, yeah. and I just see, you know, even to the point of, people's conversation skills you know you know back in the day this would have been a conversation we would have on the train or at the bus stop yeah now they don't talk yeah well you know it's funny because we just caught a a train a train a plane back from fiji and it was there was three of us it was just my daughter and i but then we got on this plane and there was a guy sat in you know the the three rows and my daughter you know because she likes having me all to herself and she also you know is in this era of energetically not wanting to share her energy with just anybody and you know we've got a five-hour flight ahead of us and she did the whole eye roll thing and i thought oh this is here we go right it's on but, yeah, it's, it's on, on. Here but we this go. guy had a kilt on right he was oh, a young lad with a oh, kilt on a kilt. So, and I, so as soon as i sat down i went oh there's a story in this so i said come on brother talk us through it and you know and so we we started having this really lovely conversation and we chatted the whole way and he was a lovely young man turns out i knew his dad which was hilarious there was just this whole big thing but what was interesting was you know my daughter was really engaged in this conversation and she was really interested in what he had to say you know and so i'm a huge fan i agree of like bring back that conversation i also think that people are fearful right people because we've become so like this anxiety has gone through the roof right yeah. we've you know the number one fear used to be public speaking now it's just speaking to a fellow humanoid you know mm. like in a random sort of situation and so like i'm i'm a huge fan of encouraging that you know we talk yeah i, I hate a chat as you can see oh terrible <laughs> yeah yeah wow well underwater with a mouthful of marbles i reckon i'll tell that's you. exactly what uh, they used to say <laughs> yeah and i was shamed for it back in the day so that's a that's a trigger point i just talked about that really yeah, yeah no i don't think you should be shamed at all it's your superpower Yes, it, it is your superpower. Is. I, it is. Yeah, I've got a belief that I can basically go into a room, any room, uh, any room on the planet, and talk. Yes, talk to people, yes. and within fifteen minutes, we'll get on. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. It is a superpower. But what's really interesting is that it is a superpower, and this is a good point to actually bring up for any of your, you know, your listeners is that often the thing that as a child you were made fun of or you felt some shame about, or some adult said something and you've made it mean something. You've made up a story, right? The story you were told. Yeah, a story that you were told, or you've made, someone said something and you've made an assumption based on that. That thing that was pointed out to you a lot as a child is more than likely your superpower. What tends to happen is that you make up a meaning that it's wrong, as a child, and that is where this worth piece comes in, right? Yeah. If I if I was to really look at it from a whole with the clients that I work with, they come in as adults wanting to work on themselves based on a trauma that can be something as simple as you talk too much. Geez, you can talk with a mouthful of marbles. And so you now think that talking is a bad thing. So then you think, all right, well, I need to shut up and not talk. So then you 
go within, right? Yeah. This is what happened for me. And then now, as an adult, you go, hang on a second, that was actually my superpower. And my daughter, not that long ago, said, I want to change my entire personality. And I said to her, why is that? She goes, because I talk too much. And I looked at her, I grabbed her on the shoulders and I said, babes, I get paid a lot of money to talk and yeah. I get paid a lot of money to listen. If you can use those two in proportion, it's yeah. a superpower. That's right. right. That's it's right. It's a superpower. Well, and the funny thing is you mentioned, obviously, when you say you don't talk too much and you're triggered and you say you don't talk, that's not the end of the conversation. Mm. The conversation you have with yourself then because you, you are who you are. So you're not talking, but you're having that internal dialogue. That's right. And that's where, I think that's where the well of anxiety, you know what I mean, it yeah. starts. You yeah. go, oh, Have okay. I done the right thing? Have Am I, I saying, what, right. I, what do I say next? Am I listening? I'm not sure. What do, yeah. yeah, so I think that's where it comes from. You never ever change. It, you just change your behaviour and it becomes an internal dialogue. That's and exactly it's usually it. not neg- And it's usually not positive. Yeah. So, um, actually, here's a, here's a weird question. Is there I a recipe? Have a weird question. Get is there? Pregnant. All right, here we go. Is there a recipe for happiness? Ooh, that's a good question. I thought it might be. So, I think there is. I think there is a recipe for happiness. Break it down for me, then, sister. Break okay. it down. Okay. All right. All right. So, I think the f- step one: get clear <coughs> on who you want to be and and why. Right. Get clear on like what your value system is, like what matters to you. You know, do you care about um, honesty, integrity, health, energy, vitality? Like get clear on that stuff right? for yourself. So step one, get clear on what you value. Step two, make sure you live in authenticity with those values. So if you have a belief that, you know, health is really important, then Look after your health, right? Because otherwise you'll be out of integrity with your health. If you think that um, contribution and volunteering, like I tell you that's one of the most common things like I say to people. If you had all the money in the world, if you had, you know, the resources, the time, the energy, the vitality, what would you do? The number one response people give me is I would go and volunteer. So it's there. It's there. It's there. Right? They know what's going they to make know. them happy. They know, right? Them happy, and yeah. Exactly. And so I don't think, I think the recipe is, first, understand that it's nothing outside of you. Second, get that it's from within, right, by asking yourself a better set of questions, right? I have a tattoo on my arm, which is a love heart with a U on the inside of it. And this is what came to me in my vision years ago around happy U headquarters. Yeah. I can't do happy, right, unless I understand what makes me happy, And for me, being of service, being in contribution, being kind, being loving, being authentic, which means speaking and saying, fuck this and fuck that and being honest about my addiction history and being honest about all the fuck ups that I've had. Like that was something I had so much shame about for so long. And I realized that what that meant was I wasn't living in authenticity. So by not living in authenticity, I wasn't in integrity. By not being in integrity, I then was being in addiction to something, not even drugs, because that was like the easy one to beat. Then yeah. it was all the insidious stuff, the other stuff, yeah. food, television, you know, bad relationships, working too much. Negative thoughts, negative. Negative thoughts, all of these things, right? Yeah. So, like, to get happy, understand it is nothing outside of you. It's already there and it's a doing. It's not a getting. So you get to be happy by doing happy, right? Right. 
That's as simple as it gets. Do happy. If you want to be happy, if I say to you, how do you do, what does a depressed person look like? Tell me, what does a depressed person look like? Show me what their body looks like. Um, they're probably slouchy. Probably slouchy. They're there. They're, they're, they're unable to maintain eye contact. Yep. Um, they're probably breathing uh, quite heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, droop shoulders. Yep. Um, yeah, basically all that. Okay. What does a happy person look like? Um, they've got a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. They're looking up. Mm-hmm. They're engaged in the world. And mm-hmm. their shoulders are back. Okay. So, like, if you look at me right now, what do I look like? Do I look happy or do I look depressed, based on what you've just said? Um, you're looking pretty happy, actually. <laughs> you're looking pretty happy, yeah. Annoyingly, yeah, way too happy. But, you know, yeah, 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 annoyingly, way too happy. But the reason that I'm talking about that, okay, is that your physiology, how you hold your body. So step one, right, yeah, understand that it comes from within, not without, right? So there's nothing outside of you that is ever going to make you happy. That's the first thing. Second thing is understanding your physiology, right? Because your physiology is how you successfully communicate, not just to everybody else, but it's how you communicate to yourself, right? Mm. And there's three points to communication, okay? You've got your words, you've got your physiology, which is how you hold yourself, and the tone in your voice, right? Yeah. The tone and the can, like the camber, how you actually hold your voice. So if I'm sitting there slouched down and shoulders down and head down, <sighs> breathing like that, right, mm. my body receives a message that I don't feel good, right? And then I put a thought to that message of I don't feel good, I'm shit, I'm hopeless, I'm worthless. And then mm. my body acts accordingly, right? And then chances are if I was to listen to the way I'm speaking inside my head, yep. I'd probably be speaking quite horribly. Yep. I wouldn't be speaking with a nice tone like this. I'd be like, you're worthless and you're hopeless and you yuck and you blah, 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 Yeah. right? So, like, when you talk about happy, it's a case of understanding that that feeling that you get. I can change someone's state like that. Yep. You can change your state like that. Mm. I can put a good song on, right? Bohemian Rhapsody, my favourite song at the moment. We're loving that at the moment, yeah, right? My yeah. daughter and I. <laughs> I can put that on and I can jump around and I can move my body. Yep. And in a heartbeat, I can feel better. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then I can think a better thought. Mm. And then when I think a better thought, I take a better action. Yep. And when I take a better action, I get a better result. So probably number one tool is be conscious of your physiology, of the way your the way your body moves. Mm. You may not be able to change the feeling right now, but you can change the thought you're having to it. So anxiety is a really good example, okay? If you're feeling anxious and I say to you, how does that feel? People will often go, my heart's beating really fast. My mm. tummy's doing this. You know, um, I, f- I feel a bit tight in my chest. Yep. And then I say, okay, what about roller coasters? Do you like roller coasters? Oh, I love roller coasters. Tell me what does it feel like when you go on a roller coaster? Oh, well, you know, my heart beats up. Da, da, da. And I'm like, okay. So what you're saying is that the feeling is the same. Yeah. But the story is, is a different part. Yeah, okay. Yep. And you're in charge of the story. Yeah. So... If you don't like the way that the feeling is, then change the story, rewire that, and then that will change and it will pattern interrupt the way that you feel. The way you're feeling. Which then will change the action that you take because, you know, if you then go, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Like, you know, I could have come in here and gone, oh, my God, I'm coming to do this talk with this guy and he's going to ask me questions. I might not have the answer. and Or I could go, oh, my God, this is going to be so exciting. I don't know. This is going to be amazing. I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be cool. And if I don't know the answers, it's all cool because there's no wrong ones. And Well, that's the thing, isn't it? 
There's no wrong answers. Yeah. There's no right choices. That's it. It's just a choice. Yeah, yeah. So do you choose to feel good or sad? Like that's the choice. That is the make. choice, yeah. And that's probably one that not many people make or are conscious of every morning. Or even that they have it. That, you know, because they, they, and I know that this is controversial because let's be honest, it's a billion dollar, trillion dollar, I don't know, gazillion dollar industry. And I'm a huge fan of medication in its place. Like I, you know, talked to my own podcast this morning about ADD and the fight that I've had back and forth between medicating and not medicating. So I'm not anti-medication by any stretch, but the reality is that there is too many people, I believe, that think that depression is happening to them anxiety is happening to them they are suffering from it mm. as opposed to the fact that they there is there is patterns that they are doing unconsciously they're not doing them deliberately they're not waking up going gee can i be depressed today yeah. there's patterns they're doing unconsciously that are causing them to not feel good yeah okay right and then based on that pattern they are doing a particular they you know they're doing a pattern and based on that they are then feeling a particular way and then they're going to someone and saying hey i'm really sad i'm depressed all the time and often being prescribed something oh it's not good as opposed to digging under okay well why why are you feeling like that right mm. now it's it's kind of interesting when you when you look down the rabbit hole of this kind of this whole you know kind of medication and the way that we we're now so susceptible to external influences or the way we feel like that i'm a massive fan of the stoic philosophy very yeah tim so, ferris I... yeah so yeah tim ferris right he was the Halliday. one who gave it to me yes so yeah. yeah and i know that um you know a major premise of the stoic philosophy is the situation doesn't happen to you it happens for you and we th i think we've lost that a little you know mm. what i mean we don't we don't recover better from the bumps than we used to we, we look for another kind of a you know another way out or another something to blame or something like that so yeah it's I just, when i'm looking at the medication and you know obviously the big pharmacy kind of you know movement over the last 50 years mm -hmm. you know where we advertised if you're not feeling well take this pill mm -hmm. and you'll feel better yep i think that's that was basically the start of the of the slide so yeah, yeah. and 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 again you know like i I'm not anti-medication, you know. If I have a sore back, I'll take some painkillers. Like, you know, I'll do all of the things. Like, I'm a huge fan of all of these things. What I'm not a huge fan of is it being the first place that people go and then them also not being given any resources or tools to help them get out of there. And I think that, you know, I, I don't believe, like, again, I go back to I, I don't think I am a conspiracy theorist, although some people might disagree. But the reality is I just think, I think that we are incredibly clever i think we have this supercomputer, and i think that humans i mean have a look at what we have been able to create if you understand that this is a supercomputer and it has the capacity to create magic and you just need to learn how to use it i'm not saying there isn't a time and a place for medication but what if you started thinking it can serve a purpose but it doesn't have to be the result and if it is like if i get to a point where i think i have to take uh, this Ritalin or dexamphetamine because it allows me to be more effective and serve at a higher level, trust me, I'll take it. But I will continue arguing until I get a hard, yep, it's right for me, or it, no, it's not. No, it's not. You Does know? it serve you? Is it serving me? Yes. Is it serving me right now? No. All right, well, then I'm going to stop. Okay, today, like today, I'm not taking it. Yesterday, I did. And so, and I will continue biohacking that. And I won't just listen to what someone else says. I'm going to check it out for myself. 
obviously happy you HQ's been going for around seven years. Uh, obviously, it was it was seeded, you know, within the last twenty years of you know of your life experience. Kind of uh, migrating from you know some really powerful women like Mel Robbins and Gabby Bernstein. Where do you see Sam in ten years? Great question. <laughs> I've given this a lot of thought. Um, ten years is you know it's it's a long it's a long time away. So uh, what I love about one of my great mentors, Tony Robbins, is he says, you know, we underestimate what we can do in 10 years and we overestimate what we can do in one. And I've definitely, I think, in my life uh, done that a lot. So for me, you know, five years from now, where I'd really like to be is um, helping more people in exactly the same capacity that I am right now. I've started my own little show um, called Happy AF because my mission is basically to show people that you don't have to have it all right to do happy, right? You can just decide, well, you need to make happiness your goal, right? And and then figure out what that looks like for you. But, you know, I talk a lot about now because I want to quantify it. So I, I keep saying things like... Um, I want to help a billion people get happy. That's a ridiculously big number, but I figure there's 7 billion people on the planet, right? Soon to be 8. And I figure, you know, there was a great movie that I saw, and it's got to be 20 years ago, called Pay It Forward. And it was one of my all-time favourite movies. And I loved the fact that the concept of, you know, which you now could talk about is compounding, right? I love the fact that, you know, if you help one person, and you do a good job with helping that person. And then they help one person. And then those people help a couple of people. Like the flow-on effect, this groundswell is huge. So my ultimate goal in life for the rest of this lifetime is all about infecting people with happiness, right? I want to infect people with the concept that they have the power to get happy, to teach happy, to do happy on whatever capacity. Because if people are happy, then they go out and they infect people with that right? And so everything that I do now is all related to that, you know? And the best thing about that is having that one very clear vision is that everything that I'm doing is either moving me a step towards it or a step away, which makes it very simple for me to make decisions on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. Right? You rang me and said, can you do this podcast for this thing because we're helping kids? And like, I didn't even have to hear the end of the sentence. It was like, yes, Yes, I can do that yeah. right? because I know that somehow this is going to be helpful for someone. There's going to be one thing that I've maybe said or one thing you've said that's going to help someone, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, mate, yeah maybe maybe that, that target, like you said, a billion people, maybe phrased as a billion smiles. Um, I love it. And so funny, it's funny you should say a billion smiles because I just recently did a, uh, a workshop and one of the challenges with my team was, um, our team, my team, it was, it was the team I was a part of, was that we had to do something um, as, as a force for good. We had to create something. We had four days. There was no real parameters. Um, and and we basically created a Facebook group called uh, Changing the World One Smile at a Time. Nice. Right? And nice. it was the same. And the, and the whole preface of the, of the group, right, the Facebook group was post something in here that makes you smile that, ma- well, that will make someone else smile. There's mm. no rules. Like whatever, mm. a happy meme, a happy song, a picture of your granddaughter, a picture of, you know, like a picture of you pulling a funny face, whatever, something yeah. that you think is going to make someone smile, right? Yeah. And like, if people are happy, then they share happy. And I don't know, you know, like we've all been around people that are not feeling great and that are hurting and that are in trauma. Like, don't you want to be a part of 
spreading that? Like, if we're going to infect someone with something, like, why yeah. not that? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the a smile, you know, infecting someone with yeah. happiness is a, is a great, is a great mission, really, you know. And uh, here we here we are, happy HQ and uh, the long road. Obviously, oh well, hopefully, you know, infecting someone else. So, well, you, know. you seem to be smiling. So I am I'm smiling. I am that, smiling. And you've infected I, me with I am your smiling. smile, and so you know, I and and I mean, yeah. And again, like you know, we've had funny little obstacles as you've gone through with the technology, and we both giggled about it, right? Oh. I'm Honestly, you know, like it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is what it is. You know what I mean. And I'm really glad um, you're able to stop in and take some time in there. If people want to get in touch with you um, or would like to uh, have the special Sam treatment around happiness, how do they get in touch with you? So on social media, super easy. You can pretty much just type in Happy U H Q. It's the U, the letter U, like a smiley face, as opposed to Y O U. So Happy U H Q on all of the socials, you'll find me. And my name is Sam Bowker. B O W. W-K-E-R. You can find me everywhere. Uh, and if you're on the coast and you want to get in touch, same thing. Happy UHQ, uh, Central Coast Modern Hypnosis. You just, you, you'll find us. Awesome. Awesome. I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, I didn't, from the bottom of my heart, really thank you for coming in. It's been an amazing chat. I've had it. It's kind of when you meet some people and you kind of have that very similar kind of life kind of thought around, you know, around kind of evolving and being geeks and you know trying to hack things and yep. and trying to help it's really nice to meet people that are kind of in that same space because i think it's something that really is you know is infectious and it can grow and if we can at least infect our little pond that little pond might dry, you know, might turn into an ocean. So Yeah, I love that. And, mate, look, I want to say thank you. I, I'm super grateful that you reached out. And, and just on that note, I just want to say to, to everyone that's listening, right, whatever it is that you want to do in this world, whether you think it's small, insignificant, unimportant, just have faith and trust that if you start speaking it out loud, then whether you believe in universe, Buddha, God, Jesus, source, angels, I promise you, miraculously, right, serendipitously, these things will just start coming your way. Serendipitously, wow. Yeah, they will like just it. start coming your way, right? And and it's been that's why now I speak it, and this is where the bravery piece comes in. You have to be brave enough and courageous enough to say, you know what, I'm going to speak it and I'm just going to let it go. And that's what I've started doing. And the more that I speak this stuff, you know, I started this show Happy AF on YouTube and now I've got people helping me, people mm. putting their hand up and, and offering their services. And so the more that you speak it, it becomes like this little idea that actually gets spoken into fruition and then it does become a reality. So thanks heaps for having me on the show. And, I, and yeah, thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you very much. No, awesome. So, yeah, uh, hopefully we can get you in the, at some stage uh, over the next a uh, few months for a follow-up one, but we've re I've really enjoyed this, and I reckon the the people that plug in or listen into this will absolutely love and be infected, just as I have over the last hour and a half. So thank you very much, Sam. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Thanks, Tiger. <laughs> Cheers, brother. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but see, but that was the thing. Like I think years ago, when I when I started listening to people's podcasts or shows and stuff, and I didn't know what I wanted to talk about, but I was like, okay. I know that the only way, like by this stage I was doing well, I was I was doing, you know, I mean, I've got a good reputation on the coast in terms of what I do for a living, you know, and, but I knew like, I'm, I'm maxed out, right? Like I can't do more because I'm all in. So like for me, if I see 20 clients in a week, I'm fucked. Like that's like 
I'm all in. That's and it's, it's a lot to take on, isn't it? You know what I mean? Especially when you're dealing with that kind of trauma, and you know what I mean. Like Huge. that's the, that's the emotional kind of baggage because you know they say you know a problem shared is a problem halved, or you know that kind of stuff. But you've got to take on half that burden. Yeah. You know what I mean? That emotional kind of thing, and when you're hearing about it, yeah, that is going through your story synapses. Yeah, it is, and it's getting stored somewhere. Yeah. It is. Look, I I I do a lot of work to not allow it to land. Um, yeah. But I, you know. It's interesting. I, like, I mean, I, I, I sage, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but I sage and I palo santo and I turn a candle on, and when the candle goes on in my brain, it's like, okay, so now I'm open for business, but I'm shielding myself, and then I blow the candle out and it shuts down, and then I sage everything again. Like, I do all the, these, they're my rituals, right? Your routine, yeah, my, yeah. My rituals around. I'm protecting my space, right? Because I don't, I need to be able to hear and yeah. I need to be able to receive and hold space for these people, but I definitely don't need to take it on because then I take it home, right? Yeah. And I don't get it perfect all the time. But the thing is that either way, doing all of that, like shielding, mm. does take a lot of energy, right? Yeah. And so what I found was that. I want to help. I know how much of an impact those clients have. Like, you know, I only need to, you know, if I ever need a bit of an ego stroke or I'm not feeling good about myself. And I, I just recently, because I was putting together, I'm running a retreat in, in four weeks and I was just putting together like an information pack. And I was like, oh, I need a few testimonials. And I don't often go and do this, but I was reading all my testimonials. And like, I just started crying because I'm reading these stories that people are writing like on Google about me, mm. right? And the profound impact that the work that I've done has had for them. And like, I know the impact it has because I have coaches and mentors and people doing it for me. So I know, but to hear that and to read it, like that just like, like it brought me undone for a second. I was like, wow, but I can't, I can't help enough people. Right? Yeah. So I go to bed at night going, fuck, even if I'm like balls to the wall, hell to, but like you, I can only help 20 people. You can't save them all. I don't want to save them all, and I don't even believe I'm saving them, but I believe that, like, I've been gifted with this superpower, right? And it is. It is a freaking superpower. Mm. I've been gifted with this superpower, and if I don't do everything in my power to empower as many people as I have the capacity to, then I feel like I'm just taking up space. Like, I go to sleep at night feeling like I haven't done what I was put here to do, and it fucks with me. It really? Brings, it fucking brings me undone. Oh, shit. So, like, I, I, so there's this, this, and that's, and it's, and, and I've had to, I've realized, right, because for a long time I thought it was all about my significance, right? Like, I did that, and, and that's why I say when I read those testimonials, you know, back in the day, in the early stages, my ego loved that. Now I read that, and I go, man, like, I'm changing, I'm changing, I'm helping people change their life. Like, I'm not changing their life. I'm helping people change their life, right? Empowering people. Yeah, yeah, and that just, like, because I know how much it hurts when you're all fucked up and feeling like everything is shit and you've got nowhere to go. And when you come out of that and the lightness comes in, like, that is just the best feeling. Like, you want to give that to people, mm. right? Yeah. And so, so, but for a long time I thought it was all about that significance. It made me feel good, right? And now it's that connection like that love and connection and contribution like knowing you have the power to contribute to make the world a better place and not doing everything you can to do that like I just feel like that's almost like I'm stealing mm. like I feel like a thief yeah so you know and so if that's the bit of me getting out of my own way that's what 
getting better about talking on camera. So when I started, you know, we used to, I didn't know what I wanted to talk about, so I just would watch a podcast and then I would share my experiences of the podcast because I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why would anyone want to listen to me? And in that moment, it was like, well, I'm just going to get better at talking to camera. And so I, I said to them, I said, listen, guys, listen, I, I hope you get some value from what I'm saying, but I'm actually just doing this because I want to get better at talking to the camera because I know if I get better at talking to the camera, I can help more people. And then, and that's the mission. So you're starting to look at that scalability how yeah, you, like how, how? You can, how you can communicate with a bigger audience yeah obviously how you can impress on them the the, the tools and around what yeah. you can share about there and what they can actually do yeah. to pay it forward yeah and, and what if you haven't got the money to come and work with me because then that was a big challenge yeah right like there's a lot of people that need the work that I'm doing that can't afford to come and see me. But I want to help them. But I, again, so then I do all this pro bono work, which is great. But again, it's not enough. No. So whereas that's what I love about social media. And that's why you, know, you said I switched it off. I get that. If it's a force for good, right? If I'm out there and if I can give all this free content away, like people will say to me, why do you do that? It's a lot of work and it's free. And I'm like, yeah, but like, do you know what? The video I posted a few weeks ago, there's like 1,300 people that have viewed that. That's 1,300 people that have potentially got something from it. Like, my ego went, oh, my God, that's like that's a few views. I used to yeah, get yeah, 20 yeah, views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I was really excited about that. Mm. But what it meant was I was like, do you know what? You're finally getting over yourself enough and not worrying what they think. Do they like you? Do they love you? Do they think you're okay? Do they think you look good today? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. shit, you're actually starting to really do that stuff that you knew you were here to do a long time ago and now you're being courageous enough to just get out of your own fucking way and do it. That's why I switched off the mobile phone and went to dumb because I knew that if I had those distractions or I like that, I would not be able to get my superpower and then kind of go on and, and help people. So that's for that there. So And I get yeah. that, right? And that And that's exactly it because the thing is that, you know, and the way that I would frame this now is that I genuinely believe that there is a fight for our attention and whether you want to believe it's good and bad, love and light, love and fear, darkness, evil, it doesn't matter. There is a fight for our attention, right? And, and we will always have the inner critic which I think is our fear, right? Mm. It's 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 there and it's telling us we're not good enough, clever enough, smart enough, we're not enough, who wants to listen to us? And so what happens is we then numb ourselves with television, social media, food, alcohol, drugs, because if we do step up and shine bright and be unapologetically us and live life happy AF, then our critic has to get small and then... Our higher self goes, woohoo, and the love and light shines, right? But yeah. there's always going to be both of those. So which which one are you going to feed? Well, that's a very Mark Devine thing to say. So he, Mark uh, Devine, who's Mark he? Devine is, an, is a former um, Navy SEALs there. He, he, he ah. discusses uh, which wolf do you feed. Well, that's right. The white and, Cherokee, the dark. Well, yeah, so he's got that. So he's got the, the power one or the fear or the fear one. I love it. Awesome, yes. awesome. Yeah, so yeah. he basically says there, and the one that wins is the one that you feed. That's right. That's the right. old I mean, Cherokee, that's, I mean, the I old got, Cherokee that's, saying. I got this painted because I knew, like this is, this is. I got it custom painted as a reminder for me that mm. I'm feeding one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, and whichever one I feed will win. And, and that's the thing, like, so that's why it's so simple. Once you get that, if you just, whichever word works for you, love, fear, God, devil, white wolf, dark wolf, Ego, higher self, it doesn't matter, right? Use, you fill in the blank. Mm. 
whichever one you feed is going to determine how you act. And yeah. if you're feeding your higher self, love, God, all of that, if you feed that side more, then yeah. you will find you don't tend to do addiction, depression and anxiety because you're actually loving on yourself. That's right, and you're able to get your 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 super your, all your purpose in life yeah. out. And the funny thing is that I find that if people only stopped caring what other people thought about themselves, they could actually have the courage to go out and make a difference on what you know on their superpower or on what they make. Yeah, but you see, again, the reason that that doesn't happen is because we are mammals and we need to belong, and like a sense of belonging is. The number one thing, like if we don't belong, if you know, like go back to you know hundreds of years ago, and like you know prehistoric time, whatever your belief is, right? But if you go back, have a look at a pack of wolves, right? You've got the young ones in the middle, you've got the big strong ones, you know, the young ones are sorry, the young ones and the weak ones in the middle, and you've got the big strong ones at the front, right? And and like looking after what's going on here, we're we're a tribe. Right, mm. so it's the tribe mentality, and so that being liked, loved, and accepted is the thing that stops anybody from shining too bright. Because if you shine too bright, tall poppy syndrome. You shine too bright, you get cut down at the knees. Shine too bright, people might not like you. Speak out loud and don't go along with mainstream narrative. People might have an opinion about you, and that's you know like that's that's the problem that we've actually got right now. Mm. You know, and I think that stepping into your power comes to yeah, letting go of other people's opinions, which means that you have to be very clear on your opinion of yourself. That's right. And, yeah, yeah you do. You really have to be single-minded. that's the work, right? And that's the hard part. That is really where the where the rubber hits the road of, of when you start getting on with your life. So when I um, – obviously, when I was introduced to this, you know, to the idea of it, because I did a lot of the writing of the program, mm-hmm. um, it, was a, it was an opportunity for me to be a dad. Yeah. So I'd gone through some some I'd gone through a, a breakup when my kids were when they were fairly young mm-hmm. and hadn't had the opportunity to become a dad because you know what I mean there was some estrangement issues there. So it was my opportunity. So I thought, oh, you know, and then I went, okay, and then I I kind of started to get to that point. Well, yeah, there is a message there. There is a message there that I can you know that you can help people or can support people. Yeah. And there's a there's a message there that. You can not only I can not only help you, mm. but you can be the help for someone that you needs in your life. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you know teaching what I mean? people that their mess actually can become their message, right? Yeah. And that mess is actually that thing. The obstacle is the way in a very stoic kind yeah. of things, you know. Yeah, like, that's it. That's yeah. it. And and like everybody knows something that someone else needs to know. Yeah. Right. So anything you've been through in your life, like I had a friend say to me recently who am I? I don't want to stand out there. And I, like, I don't know everything. And I just looked at him like, fuck, who knows everything? Like, nobody knows everything about everything, but everybody knows something about, like, knows a lot of things about one thing. Yeah. So, like, what is that one thing that you know something about? About, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that you want to talk about. Like, it for could me, be anything. It's this. Yeah. Well, it could be anything. could be anything. Exactly. Yeah. You know, for someone that doesn't know anything about a car tire, if you know everything about car tires and you like car tires, <laughs> there's someone that needs to know about car tires. Exactly right? right. And so I think that's... Especially in the wet. There we go. Yeah, ask my brother. He'll talk to you about his go kart tires. You know, which tires do we have to have on before yeah. you know when? We, so I mean, I think I think that's the thing, and I think that's again where your inner critic is there, constantly fighting you and going, "You don't know enough. Who do you think you are?" Blah 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 blah. And it, if you just understand that, you know, like Brene Brown talks a lot about um, the man in the arena. You know, which is this great 
um, I think it was like a, a, it's a poem, but I think it was actually like t- Teddy Roosevelt or Kennedy or well, I don't know. But but it's all about um, basically there is always going to be people that have opinions. And the reality is this, like, unless you are in the arena with me, right, and you've got blood, sweat and tears and you're fucking fighting the good fight, yeah. I don't give a shit about your opinion. Yeah. It's in the cheap seats. Because yeah. the people that are in the arena with you are usually the ones that are cheering you on. It's the people over in the cheap seats that have got everything to say about it. So, you know, when you sit back and go, all right, yeah, everyone's going to have an opinion. I'm worried about judgment. Everybody is going to judge you every minute of every second of every day. That's the human condition because we're going, oh, are you the same as me? Are you different? Do you like me? Do I like you? I'm not sure, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So, again, do you like you? Because yeah. if you like you, stand in the mirror and go, what do I like about me? That's right. Yeah? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, every what do day, I like yeah. about me? Did I do a good job today? And then when you've done a good job, pat yourself on the back and acknowledge that. And when you need to improve, just say to yourself, all right, you know what? That wasn't my finest moment. I'm going to course correct. I'm going to speak into it. And yeah. I'm going to go, how can I do better next time? You right? know, when you learn. That's it. You know, when you learn. And, you know, and you're not going to win every single time. Yeah. But you have to take something from the experience. That's it. It's lesson or learning, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, that's it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's one of the, you know, one of the kind of basic concepts of, of getting through the other end is saying, yeah. okay, you've got to get something from it. Yeah. Whether you're going to you're gonna have a crack, you're going to get hit down, you're going to have to get up. Yeah, yeah. And that's how, what's going to happen. You know, yeah. sometimes you're going to have the, you know, you're going to have the gold medal. Yeah. Other time you're going to have a donut, you know. Yeah. You're gonna, no, that's, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, mate. What did you learn? That's it. You know what my biggest fear is, is getting to the end and going, fuck, I wish I'd taken that chance. I wish I'd tried that. Jeez, I, I could have done more over there. Like, I just know that when I get to the end, I don't want there to be anything left in the tank. You know, I know that when whatever it is, whatever the end looks like in this lifetime, I know that I want to go, shit, I I gave it a red hot crack. You know, I tried everything. I turned over every stone. I asked for help. I fucked up. I fucked up again. I learned more. I fucked up again. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to know that at the end I can go, yeah, I gave it my best. Yeah. Amen, sister. Amen. I love it. I right. love it. On that note, let's get out of here. <laughs> right. Come here. Come here. You've got to hug it out. you got to hug it out. I had too many things in my hands to hug you when I got here, but lovely right. to meet you, mate. Thank you so 